You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. If you noticed our verse in St. John chapter 14 and verse number 16, we can learn from this short verse something that Jesus took seriously. In our text, we see that Jesus took prayer seriously. How can you say this? Notice he says, I will pray the Father. Jesus believed and practiced prayer. I will pray. Letting us know in these short few words that prayer was something that Jesus desired to do and he chose to do. Prayer is what Jesus decided to do and something he chose to do. If you are truly a mature young saint, you should be serious about prayer. If you're mature, though you may be a teenager or in your mid or late 20s, prayer should be something that you take seriously. Prayer should be something that you desire to do as a young man or a young woman. Not just in church or when trouble presents itself. Prayer should be something that you desire to do no matter what path is before you. Solomon talked about how if we trust the Lord, we'll acknowledge him in all of our ways. So no matter what is before you, if you're mature, prayer should be a foundation of your life. It should be something that you choose to do before you make minor and major decisions. Prayer. Now, of course, there there are many definitions of prayer that we could put on the table. But understand, prayer is just simply worship that involves asking God to do something. Prayer is a form of worship where I'm just asking God to do certain things. I'm inquiring of God. What does he think? What should I do about different things in my life? And again, when you're mature, 
you're going to take prayer seriously. You're going to make sure that you handle life and include prayer in the choices that you make. Am I right about it? When you are mature as a young person in God, you not only know what prayer is, but you can actually reference it in the Bible and you can prove in the Bible and in your life the results of prayer. When you mature, you, you should have a testimony of the power of prayer. You should know for yourself what prayer can do. But you should also be able to reference young people what the Bible says about prayer in the scripture. That's what mature folk can do. You have to get to the point to where you know what the Bible says about what you believe. It's wonderful that the preacher, the pastor, can teach it and show you in the scripture, but you only with pastor once or maybe twice a week. You need to know how to reference prayer in your own Bible, and you need to have some testimonies of how prayer works for you. Why live your life riding off the prayers of your parents and of your grandparents? At some point, you should have your own testimony. I know what prayer can do. So let me take a few moments and give us some biblical references and results of prayer as the Lord has dealt with me this week when I was seeking his face. Just a few references that's going to touch and prick our hearts on this morning concerning prayer, but you will also find reference in the scripture from these points that you can refer back to when it's time for you to pray. Y'all with me? Let's start in Luke. Luke chapter number 22, and we're going to look at three verses in Luke, so it's important that you follow me as I read. Luke 22, and let's start at verse number 41. And again, we're looking at biblical references and results of prayer. Luke 22 and 41. And he, who was Jesus, was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. Look what Jesus did. And he knelt down and what? And he prayed. Verse 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup, help me out, away from who? From me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And here it is, 43. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening First thing I want you to see in this text is that prayer gives 
the saints strength. Prayer gives the saints strength. Strength, when you are contextual or you consider our verse, young people, strength is the power to do things in life that you don't feel like you can do. Strength, according to this verse, is when there's a battle in your flesh between the will of God and your own desires. And you go through that sometimes. Sometimes you just you feel like, man, I, I just don't think or feel like I can make it. I don't know how I'm going to go on. My, my best friend has died, and, and, and I miss him. And, and, and I just don't know how I'm just going to press on. It's time for you to pray. It's time for you to kneel down like Jesus and ask him to strengthen you. Because you can't bring your loved one back. They're gone. But he can strengthen you to keep going on while you're here on earth. Prayer will give you strength. You get to going through things in your young marriage and you're contemplating the state of the marriage. You're contemplating, ah, maybe I ought to do this. Maybe I ought to do that because my spouse getting on my second and last nerve. It's time for you to pray. It's time for you to pray and go in there and get some strength so you can love your spouse, so you can forgive your spouse, so you can sleep in the same bed as your spouse, so, so you can fix your spouse a plate, so you can do your spouse right, even though you may want to do them wrong. I said prayer will give you strength. And remember the text. Jesus had to go to the Lord and say, look, Lord, can you just... Take this cup away from me. God, I don't, I, don't, I don't really want to go through this. And there's some things in life, young folk, you don't want to go through. You don't want to deal with. But it's appointed for you to deal with it. It's appointed for you to go through it. And, and, and God ain't going to move it. It's a part of your purpose. Just like suffering and dying was a part of Jesus' purpose, there are certain things in your life you don't want to go through, you don't want to deal with, but it's a part of your purpose, and you're going to have to pray your way through. You're going to have to seek God to give you some strength so you can fulfill the will of God for your life. There's just going to be certain things you, you don't want to do, but God wants you to do. That's when you need strength. And the Bible says, after Jesus Pray, angels came and strengthened him. You know God ain't changed. God will strengthen you. You know you got to work, but you're hating the job that you own. God will strengthen you to go to that job. He'll strengthen you to be productive on that job. And he'll strengthen you to pick up your check on payday. And he'll strengthen you to return back on that Monday. Look at somebody and say, he will strengthen you. Don't give up. 
Jesus had to tell his disciples, man should always pray and not faint. When you feel like giving up and fainting, that's a good sign you need to get your prayer game in order. You need to get back in your closet and start seeking God before you mess yourself up. Before you get out the will of God. Before you miss your blessing. Look at somebody and say, prayer will strengthen you. Prayer will strengthen you. And some of us in here are in some weak places. And if you don't pray, you're going to faint. You got to take prayer seriously. Matthew 18, verse 19. You got to take it serious. You, you got you to gotta stay in that prayer closet until you get some strength. You got to stay in that prayer closet until you know God going to do for you what you've been asking. Matthew 18, 19, another reference and result of prayer. Jesus again on prayer. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree where? If two of you agree where? Are we on earth? Concerning what? That they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What I want you to see in this verse is that unity is what keeps prayers from being stopped. You can be praying, touching and agreeing, but not be on the same page. You can have a prayer life. The auxiliary member can have a prayer life, but... but but if y'all ain't truly in agreement, them prayers are being hindered. Y'all got to get in agreement. I'm talking to auxiliary leaders. You can raise your hand and say, I pray. But are you and that person in that auxiliary really on the same page? Got to be in agreement. I, I, I got to touch on something. I know it's a small percentage of my audience, but but... This is what the Lord dealt with me. This is important for young couples. You got to be in agreement in your household. If you are roommates with somebody, you and a friend, both of y'all saved and y'all share an apartment, a dorm or whatever, y'all need to be on the same page. Because division will keep prayers from being answered. Look at what Peter says. Y'all still with me? Husbands, 1 Peter 3 and 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. Them is the wife. With understanding. It takes some time to understand your wife. I said it takes understanding to learn how to live with a woman. But that's another text. Giving honor to the wife or respect. As the weaker vessel. And as, look at this, as being heirs together of the grace of life, 
that your prayers may not be hindered? You can be praying, she can be praying, but if y'all ain't together on the same page, the Bible says your prayers are being, being hindered. God can't do bigger and better because your prayers are being hindered. So I need to be praying, but I also need to be on the same, same page. We can look at that in the church. You can be praying, but are you doing what the pastor is teaching and preaching? We got to be praying and on the same, on the same page. We don't want prayers to be hindered. Final biblical reference about prayer is in our main verse. Notice what Jesus says in John 14, 16. Y'all still with me? Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give. I'm going to pray, and then God is going to what? Give. Jesus prayed with sureness. He knew that his prayer was going to be answered. Jesus prayed with Confidence, sureness. He knew God heard him. He didn't have to wonder. He didn't have to guess. He said, look, I'm going to pray to God, and then he's going to give. I answer my prayer. There are some trendsetters that have a good prayer life, but you don't consistently pray with sureness or confidence. You got to pray. In such a way that you know that God going to move on your behalf. You got to pray in such a way that you know it's just a matter of time before God does what you've been asking him to do. You got to mature. You got to understand God will let you pray, but he'll let time go by. And you... During that time, can't allow doubt to slip in there. Unbelief to slip, slip in there. You got to hold on to your confidence and know I done asked him and he going to do it. That's what you call surety. 1 John 5 and 14 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears us, and we know if he hears us and we ask him according to his will, he's going to do it. Young people, you have to mature to the point to where when you pray according to God's word, you know your prayer is going to be answered. Well, pastor, two weeks done passed by. Do you still know that God is answering your prayer? Well, two months done passed by. Do you still know that God is answering your prayer. With two years done passed, do you still have surety that God is going to answer your prayer? When you take prayer seriously, you consider these truths that I have just taught about. Are you with me? Let me try that again. Are you still with me? And so, notice in our text, after telling the disciples that he was going to pray, he said, the Father 
is going to give. He going to give. When God gives anything, the Bible says he gives good and perfect gifts. He was going to give his disciples something that was going to be beneficial, something that was going to make their lives better. And according to the verse, he was going to give them another helper. Tell somebody, say, Jesus prayed that they have some help. That's it. The helper that he's referring to in the text, young people, is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be some, somebody that benefits you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be somebody that benefits every aspect of your life. Being born again is not enough. You need to be born again and spirit-filled. You need to make sure, make it your business that, yes, I'm saved, but I got that second gift. How many know salvation is a gift? The gift of God is salvation. But then the Holy Spirit is also a gift. And you got to make sure that you got this gift because Jesus done prayed that you would have this gift. Now, some of us got the gift, but are you allowing him to do what he was sent to do? And what was he sent to do? He was sent to help. The Holy Spirit was sent to help us in every aspect of our life. The prime meaning of Holy Spirit not the only, but one of the major meanings of the Holy Spirit is to assist, to aid. The Lord is going to give us a divine assistant to help us in life. And I don't know about you, I, I'm a pretty decent person, but I still need God's help. What about you? Have you concluded that you good people's? You good folk, but you still need some divine help. Everybody in here, if we were to take a poll, matter of fact, let's just go on and slide one in there. How many in here say, yeah, I'm good people, but I know I need some help? Need some help in your decision making. Need some help in how you think, talk, and how you act. That's what he said he was going to help us with. He was going to give us the helper to assist us in these areas. When you mature, or when you are mature, you're going to allow the gift to flow in your life. You're going to allow the Holy Spirit some working room. You're going to let him work in your, in your life. And that's where many of us, we got to get to that point. We, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he was sent to do. He was sent to help. Guide us into all, into all truth. 
And it's time, it's a good time to take an evaluation of your life and say, I, I don't need to go the rest of this year unless I'm relying on the Holy Spirit the way I need to. The Holy Spirit will help you and I. I said he will help you and I like nobody can. Especially when, when you're going through things that, that, that are severe in life. Things that are challenging. And, and young people have some challenging seasons in life. Whether it be mentally, sexually, financially, whatever. There, there's just certain things we go through that are just challenging or severe. That's when you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. When things are getting rocky at the house, you need to be relying on the Holy Spirit. When your money ain't where you desire it to be, you need to be relying on the Holy Spirit. When you're battling stuff in your body that's out of your control, you need to be relying on the Holy Spirit. You starting to experience the manifold places in life, going through different things. You, you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody we got to rely on the Holy Spirit. I want you to write this down, Acts 4. I'm not going to read it all, but, but it's just a powerful, powerful chapter y'all need to read. Matter of fact, that's part of y'all homework. Read Acts chapter 4 this week. But we're going to uh, look at verse number 31 because it talks about what the apostles and some of the disciples were going through in their day. They were doing the will of God, preaching the gospel, and a council of people in the city got upset with what they were doing, got upset with folk being healed and folk being helped. Ain't that a mess? We in that day now. Folk get mad when you preach Jesus and you try to help folk <laughs> to do better through the name of Jesus. Nothing ain't changed. And so the council decided to severely threaten the apostles in the text. Decided to just do, do some, some wild things to them. And so what the apostles began to do is to rely on the Holy Spirit. They began to pray and they said, Lord, you see these threats. You see what these folks saying and you see what these folks doing. We need you to help us. And, and that's the point I'm trying to make. When you get to going through things in your life, like the apostles, you got to choose to just rely on the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this verse 31. Y'all still with me? And it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with, with boldness. Holy Spirit, they were relying on him. So the Holy Spirit came in there and gave them exactly what they needed so they could fulfill purpose 
at that particular time. Notice again the beginning. How did they get the Holy Spirit working in their life? Through prayer. Acknowledging God. Are y'all seeing what the Lord is saying or hearing what he's saying? Old folk used to say this, young people. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. And there's some truth in that. When you get to going through things in life, you got to rely on your God-given helper like the apostles did. They got to seeking God, and he got to answering their prayer. He, he began to fill them, and he gave them boldness as well. See, God will do exceedingly, abundantly above what we can ask or think. But it happens when we rely on him. Got to rely on him. Whether it's ministry business, personal business, money business, family business, you got to rely on that gift and let him work. Especially when things, again, are, are challenging. How many have had some challenging things to deal with in your life here recently? You got to rely on them. Why are you still in that mode of trying to figure it out? Why are you still in that mode of I got this? You don't. It's bigger than you. At what point are you going to mature and allow the Holy Spirit to help you? When are you going to come to that point? If you come to that place, the Bible says he is a very present help in time of trouble. Let him work. Let him help you. Jesus prayed for this helper. Let him help you. Woo, tell yourself, say, I got to let him help me. And so when we look at our verse, we see one specific trait of the helper that Jesus prayed that we have in our life. One specific trait. And I want to deal with this trait and bring out some of the truths, and then we're going to be done. Are y'all still with me? All right. Let's look at our key verse, John 14, 16. Let's read it together and look at it closely. And uh, let's read with some power. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another what? Help. That he may abide with you forever. The main trait in this verse of the Holy Spirit is he's going to abide with you forever. He's going to abide with you. It's personal. He's going to abide with you. He's going to abide with, it's personal, you. Somebody say, with me. That's it. It's personal. This helper is a personal assistant. 
You got to tap in. He will abide, look at that key word, with you. Number one, abide with you means he's going to live with you and within you. He's going to live with you and in you. Not just in church, but everywhere you go. See, at the time, Jesus was getting ready to die. And he said, look, I am about to die. And once I die, I can't physically be with all y'all. But when I die, I'm going to ask the Father to send another help. Now I can be with you forever. Each one of you, I can be with you. I can live with you. I can interact with you. I can talk to you about what you personally are dealing with. He going to live with and in. Now, Paul revealed, y'all still with me, that our body is the house or the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where he going to live at. He going to dwell on the inside. So when I ask God to fill me with the Holy Spirit, he going to set up shop on the inside. And how am I going how am I going to know that he in there? According to the book of Acts 2, 10, and 19, he's going to speak initially in a heavenly language. You're going to know he in there because he's going to speak in another language. He's going to utter out of your mouth, hey, I'm in here, but it's not going to be in English. Are y'all with me? So he's living in me. If I go to Food Depot, guess who's going with me? My helper. The Holy Spirit. But then I slide down the bypass and I go to Dunkin' Donuts location number one. Guess who's going to Dunkin' Donuts location number one with me? Holy Spirit. But then I go around about by Central and I swing by Home Depot. Guess who's going to Home Depot with me? The Holy Spirit. Now, I'm ready to go to Publix and pick me up a rotisserie chicken. But then the Holy Spirit may tell me, don't go to Publix. Go to Kroger. Well, I was going to go to Publix. Let me go. Let me go to Kroger. He going to guide me in the what? Oh, truth. But in order for things like this to happen, I got to be, I got to be conscious of them. I get the, I get the Kroger and I find a blessing on there, over there. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You, you the one told me come over here. I sure appreciate it. It's time to go home and relax now. Pull up the Roku. And he said, no, before you go, before you go, I want you to stop by such and such and do such and such. He'll guide you in the what? But you got to be conscious of them. Every day you get up, young people, you got to remember, if you've received the Holy Spirit, he in you and he with you. And he going to guide you into all, all truth. 
So you finally make it home. You done put on your slippers, put on your, your little bathrobe, and you're chilling. Then your spouse come home. Your spouse come home. You're happy to see your spouse, but your spouse got an attitude. Yeah, spouse got an attitude. Something done happened at work, now they're taking it out on you. Are you going to be more conscious of how your spouse acting? Are you going to be conscious of the Holy Spirit? You got to be like, Holy Spirit, you see this? Man, we had a good thing going on up in here, Holy Spirit. You see what they bringing off up in here? You got to remember, he abiding with me. What should I do? Well, you know, just go out there and go run a little bath water, you know. Spouse been through some things. and Run a little bath water and just... Set the table. Don't cook, just set the table. Next thing you know, they come in there, oh, thank you for drawing me some water. That's what the old folks say. Thank you for drawing me some water. And then you throw in there, I set the table too. Now the attitude done gone. So then you just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. I appreciate that. He going to dwell with you and in you. That's how you got to be. Every aspect of your life. You got to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's payday or not. Lord, we finna get this check today. You be happy. Holy Spirit, you going in there. You just, you thinking you going to get a check. I'll never forget. Man, I went to get my check when they were doing checks. And got to work, young folk. Got to work. And boss said, look, we ain't got payroll this week. Ain't nobody getting no check. Lord, immediately, I said, Holy Spirit, what we going to do? What we going to do? Because we ain't getting no check from the jizzab. What we going to do? Got to acknowledge them. Got to be conscious of them in every aspect. Of your life. Tell somebody he abides with you and in you. But in some of us, you ain't conscious of the Holy Spirit the way you should be. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. Not the way you should be. You get in your feelings too quick without acknowledging the Holy Spirit. You do with your money what you want to do without acknowledging the Holy Spirit. You go out with who you want to go out with. You call so-and-so girlfriend, boyfriend, and you ain't even acknowledged the Holy Spirit. You ain't conscious of him the way you should be. You bring to the altar what you want to bring to the altar. Just like Cain. Cain said, I'm just going to pick something and give it to him. You don't acknowledge him. Lord, thank you for this check. Lord, how much should I bring to the Lord? You said to acknowledge you in all my ways. You got to be conscious of 
him. Because he'll talk to you and he'll guide you. Secondly, notice he says, and he'll abide with you. How long? Forever. Somebody shout forever. 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 That means when life get a little tight, he ain't dip out on you. He right there. He right there. Everything you go through, he right he right there forever. Every chapter of your life, he right, he right there. When you were flat-chested, he was right there. And now that you got some bumps, he right there. Woo! When you ain't have no hair growing now. And now that you, you got some hair growing, he right, he right there, right there. When nobody didn't want your number, he was right there. And now everybody wants your number, he right, he right there. Every chapter of your life. When you had a job making big money, he was right there. But now that you're not making as much money, he ain't dipped out. He ain't no gold digger. <laughs> he right. <laughs> he right there. He right there. Every chapter of life. You got to mature and stop freaking out when different things go down in your life. As a parent, you got to know, my child's saved. They got the Holy Spirit. He can deal with them better than me. I can put a prayer on my child. Yes, sir. And, and when they ain't hearing me, he, he, they, they, they can hear that Holy Spirit. He right there. And I had to learn that. I learned that God hears conversations that I have. That's a personal testimony I have with the Holy Spirit. I specifically remember having a specific conversation between just me and my wife. I'll never forget that. And that's, that's what really helped me to realize that the Holy Spirit was forever with me. And when I was explaining what was happening to to someone, they said, the Lord heard you. The Lord heard your conversation, and I went immediately to the Bible, and I learned that God hears conversations. He heard what two people were talking about concerning their own pastor. He heard exactly what they were saying. And I learned, I said, man, Holy Spirit, I, I, I'm going to start being more conscious of you and watching what I say because you hear everything. You with me. You hear everything. He with you. And he not just with you, just to be with you. Again, according to the verse, as I close, he's there to help. The Holy Spirit has wisdom that we don't have. The Holy Spirit knows what we don't know. 
You and I have to be mature enough to just rely on him. You remember them Hebrew boys? Many of us have heard and read that story. Ain't no telling how many times. But if you look at it closely, these young boys were so conscious of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, in the text, the king had lit the fire or the oven seven times hotter. Now, if you at home and you got an oven, y'all got an oven in y'all house. If you turn that oven from 350 to broil and you just standing in front of the oven, you're going to feel that heat. Imagine them being before a furnace that could fit bodies in it. And they're being told to turn it up seven times hotter. You know they could feel it. You know it's hot when you can just stand next to a fire and your clothes start burning and you're not even in the fire. That's how hot that fire was. But look at the text. They were more conscious of the Holy Spirit than they were of the physical fire. So much so, they told the king, look, be it known unto you, the God we serve, the God we are conscious of, is able to deliver us from your hand, O king. But then I love what they say, but if not, no, he said, we're not going to bow, but if not, He's still able to do what he promised. Do you see how conscious of the Holy Spirit they were? During the different chapters of your life, young people, you have to grow to the point to where no matter what goes down, you are still conscious of your helper. You, you don't get all in your feelings when somebody bring a contract before you, whether it's for a car, whether it's for uh, a job, whether it's for uh, music. You, you don't be getting all feeling yourself. Lord, you see this contract now? You hear what they saying? I need you to talk to me. I'm going to close with this testimony. I remember during one chapter of my life when I really needed some money. We was really broke. <laughs> we was really broke. I mean, we had love in the house, but we, we just didn't have no money. We, we was really broke. And I needed God to move, and, and I needed just a number of things. And one of the things that I needed, I needed a, a, a better source of income. I needed a better job at the time. And so I, I put before the Lord what I desired. I said, I need this amount of money, Lord. I got to go from hourly wage to salary. I need this, and I need some benefits. And I put it before him in prayer, and I went looking. Y'all still with me? And during the course of me looking, I went to this one particular place, and they said, uh, Mr. Baker, you pretty much got the job. It's, it's up to you. We're going to give you X amount of dollars in a salary. And it was the exact amount that I asked the Lord. So I was like, check. They said, Mr. Baker, we're going to give you some benefits. I said, Check. And they said, Mr. Baker, you work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. I said, 
check. I said, man, this sounds good. But they said, Mr. Baker, you're going to have to come uh, to Dunwoody to work. And Dunwoody, at the particular time where this job was, was right off of 285 and 400. So I was going to be in the thick of the traffic. So though I got off at 5, I may not get home in Carrollton to about 7, 7.30 or so. And at the time, the Lord had already told me, I'm going to use you in ministry. And so I already knew what the answer to this job was going to be. I just had to go and let Sister Baker know. I said, look, I got offered a job making this check. I ain't got to work until 9 to 5, check. And I got some benefit. This is how the conversation went, check. I said, but I can't take it. She just looked at me and just, <laughs> I said, I can't take it. I can't take it because if I take it, I'm going to be out the will of God. And thankfully, she had the Holy Spirit, and she, she was in agreement. And I called the folk, and I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I thank you, and I went on. And God honored that. He honored that I followed the Holy Spirit. Because shortly thereafter, I got another offer with the same amount, check, the same hours, and some benefits. And the Lord said, go ahead and take that one. And I was like, hallelujah. He was with me the whole time. But the Holy Spirit is not going to make us do anything. He's going to lead. And so no matter what chapter of life you go through, young people, it is important that you remember, I need to rely on my God-given help. He's going to be with me no matter what I go through. I just got to remain conscious of him. And just trust him. How many have an understanding of how the Holy Spirit will function in your life based upon the teaching and guidance of the Bible? Amen. 